0: Hey, everyone, and welcome to Quit Your Day Job. I am Alicia Fernandez-Miranda. Am I wearing sweatpants while I record this? You will never know. This podcast is all about dream jobs, the ones you wished you had when you were a kid and the ones you pin up on your vision board. I decided to chase after my dream jobs in 2020 by taking unpaid internships at four of them. I quit my job as CEO of a philanthropy consulting business to try my hand working on Broadway, in fitness, as an art dealer, and at a hotel. And then I wrote a book about my experience, which will be out in 2023. I am psyched to share my story with you, but in the meantime, I'm bringing you a few others real people who work really cool jobs. So before you quit your day job to go be a painter or an actress or a life coach, listen in and see what it's really like behind the scenes. Welcome. Back to Quit Your Day Job. I am super excited to have with us today Shoshana Groose. Shoshana is the founder and creative director of Shoshana, a gorgeous fashion brand that she launched in 1998. Shoshana, the brand, is just so stunning. I have discovered it only recently since I live overseas. I need to find out if you stock over here, actually. That's an important question for me. They have flattering and fun dresses, these whimsical swimsuits. Honestly, I've just spent hours in, quote unquote, researching for this podcast scrolling through her designs, which are incredible. Shoshana the Person is a native New Yorker. She's a graduate of UCLA who worked in a lingerie factory before setting up her own line. She was the first ever style director for Elizabeth Arden and also proudly holds the Made in New York distinction, which means over 75% of her designs are created and produced right in New York City. Shoshana is a mom to three, and she boasts a range of philanthropic commitments. She's passionate about providing positive role models for young women and giving back to to Manhattan. And Shoshana is also a Zippy Books author. She's working on a (laughs) memoir, which I'm hoping she'll share a little bit more about today. So Shoshana, welcome to the podcast.
1: Thank you so much. And thank you for all those kind words. That was really nice of you to say. Yeah, no, I love what I do and it's always fun to talk about it. So I'm looking forward to it.
0: I am going to try not to use this entire podcast to just solicit fashion advice from you, but (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> there may be a couple questions about what I should be wearing right now, but we're going to go into our Quit Your Day Job lightning round. Five quick questions. Give us the first answer you think about. Just a little little warm up before we get okay. to the main course. So the first question is actually, what are you wearing right now?
1: Oh, well, right now I'm wearing a jacket that just shipped. It's a new Shoshana <laughs> jacket. We don't do many and it's a knit. So, And then I think Madewell jeans and actually... This necklace was made by my grandfather, who's no longer with us, oh but my God. he was an amazing artist and a tinsmith in Europe. He made they made roofs and like different items for the house Ooh. to and when he came to the US, one of his hobbies was making jewelry. And this is one of the pieces like oh borrowed, stole from my mother. <laughs>
0: That she was like, fine, you can keep it. Okay, I'm going to screenshot this and put it so you can can share how beautiful that is. It's a gorgeous piece. And that was lucky that I asked you that question. All right, Ace, the first one. Okay, so (laughs) you're a native New Yorker. What do you think is the most overlooked neighborhood in Manhattan? Hmm.
1: I have always been a huge South Street Seaport fan. There's something about it. I don't think people it it's like never really happened, not lately, but the, <laughs> the and the Fulton Fish Market closed and I feel like it's resurging, but I love going down there. The streets are, you know, the authentic streets. Yeah, they're and like cobbled, right? It's so cute. They're cobbled. I think we went on a class trip in like second or third grade when we were studying Jamestown, and they told us, you know, underneath when you dig under those streets in particular, you can still find pieces of dishware and, oh, you know, wow. from like hundreds of years ago. So I have this like romantic fantasy about that area, and the buildings are beautiful. If you look up, and the, you know, it's just like a special little area that. I love to go down to. There's not a ton to do. They're always revamping it. But for me, that's like a magical little, I don't know. I love that area, but I don't think that it's uh, that's such a good visited. Such a good answer.
0: I have been down there because I used to work with an organization who's based down there. And otherwise I had never, ever been to it. I lived in New York for three years. I never went down yeah. there. And I was like, what? where am I? Have I like traveled back in
1: time to like the 1800s? Are, <laughs> yeah. It's weird and fun. And if you it has that kind of like visiting Boston feel to me. Yes. And you can't, they do have ships down there that you can go on. I've dragged my kids down. They don't quite appreciate it as much as I do. <laughs> Not yet. Uh, maybe they will. Yet. Well, they're past that point of like, but, but maybe, maybe one day. But I love that area. And I, I just kind of, there's something about it that, I don't know, it's a little nostalgic for me for when I was little going there. Oh. But I mean, I would say the West Village, everyone knows that. There's so many special parts of New yeah. York.
0: Three, you're on the
1: beach, one piece or yeah. a two piece. I'm like, I'm a bikini girl. You know, you're asking a swimsuit designer. So that's a tough. It's eight, an important I like them both, but I actually feel a little more, even though you're obviously you're revealing a little more skin, I feel a little more pulled together because of the structures of my bikini tops. Yeah. So I like a bikini. I'm a bikini girl.
0: Amazing. (laughs) Number four, when you were a kid, what did you want to be when you grew up?
1: When I was, I think what I, I really wanted to be a vet or someone who was involved with animals or nature. I still love animals. I still love that. World. I still want to play with frogs and bugs, and my kids are like, "What are you doing?" I'm like, "You want to catch a lizard?" And they're like, "No, not really." So, I had like a very. I was very intrigued by Fonzie's lifestyle too. Right. When I was little, I don't know what he did. He do anything? Was he mechanic? I don't think I I was a mechanic. I just want to be cool. Yeah, he was cool. Cool (laughs) vet. A cool a vet. cool frog catcher.
0: That's, those were. A cool vet specializing in amphibians. That is. Yeah, I actually with a leather have, jacket, with, like <laughs> leaning against a wall. Yeah, yeah
1: that's yeah. With what with I. With a frog. Like, okay. Yeah,
0: with a frog. If there are any graphic designers out there who would like to just mock that up, I think that could be, be really pretty amazing. Was, yeah. <laughs> that could be amazing. All right, final question. So I know you went to Nightingale. Uh yes. The school was the basis for. Gossip Girl. I have not watched Mm -hmm. the new one. Original. Were you more of a Serena or more of a Blair? Oh,
1: or neither. (laughs) I don't know. I don't. I never thought about that. So I kind of know who those girls are based on. They're a couple years older than me, and I would say that I I wouldn't really like fit into either mold. The the girl who I think not Jenny. Who is, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't, they were like another stratosphere of me. I wasn't either. I love girls. that they were based on yeah. real people. I think that is fantastic. I'm oh, sure. I'm supposed to say that, but yeah, <laughs> I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But so the books, it's funny because Nightingale has embraced that you know, and the woman who wrote them is awesome. But the books are very different than the okay. TV show. And they're they're geared for like I think a seventh to eighth grade girl. I don't know. And I read them all. Oh my when, god. At first the school wasn't too happy about it. And there was kind of these whispers, and I was like, wait, what's the book called? That's awful. <laughs> just, and I ordered every down. single one and yes. read them. And I was like, oh, I know who they're talking about. There, 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 what building it would. So the books are different, and obviously it's an all girls school, but yeah. It's funny, but no, i i can't, I don't really relate to either of those two either. There cool. was like a Fonzie character. There was Fonzie exactly. This is <laughs> yeah. a Fonzie Gossip Girl character.
0: Oh my gosh! Well, you survived the lightning round. Thank you, Sana, for that. And I feel like I learned so much about you. I think this is actually the first podcast I've recorded so far where I don't know the person on the oh. other end of the line, like since college or high school. So I'm loving getting to learn a little okay. bit more about you. And are your you Fonzie getting dreams. some insight into? Yeah. So far, yes. But you know, I think when I was asking people in a completely non scientific way, like what careers would you like me to speak to people about for this podcast? I mean, fashion designer came up again and again and again. It's really the kind of thing I think a lot of people dream about, a lot of people wanted to do when they were a kid. Even though I am like really probably the least fashionable person I know, I'm wearing jeans today, which is a big deal because I had to go meet with other people. (laughs) Normally having gym clothes. I used to draw dresses as a little girl and kind of dream of what it would be like to actually make them real. So I'm just really, really excited to hear more about what you do. So why don't you start by telling us a little bit about what it means to be in charge of Shoshana and have been doing that for the last two
1: decades. Well, I will say, I don't think I did dream of being a fashion designer at all. I've always loved fashion. I've always admired it. I love, you know, getting dressed. I love like putting together outfits. And I think after 22 years, I feel confident saying that I have like a certain style and aesthetic that people I can speak to people with. But I also had a real love hate relationship with fashion. You know, I developed really young. I looked, um, I mean, I'm not, I did think, I was like, oh my God, I'm going to be a supermodel. I was like five, three in fourth grade. <laughs> but then I was like, also five, three in eighth grade. So, <laughs> you know, early on, I looked very womanly. My body developed super awkward and uncomfortable, especially when you're young and, mm. you know, other girls don't know how to handle it. There's a lot of jealousy or anger, or like creepiness about it. You're, you yourself feel like your body's betraying you. Boys are weird. Grown-ups are weird. Yeah. Parents are weird. Even, you know, there's something about a girl developing early where parents somehow think it's their fault or they're fast or they're, you know, yeah. bad influence. And it's really tough. I had amazing, still have amazing parents who really made me feel comfortable and confident with my body, helped me address all my issues, helped, helped me get dressed, which is a big deal yeah. when you know, other girls are wearing like smocked Laura Ashley dresses and now you can't wear them because you have a B bra or, oh, yeah. you know, so I, you know, used to go to stores with my mom and we grew, I grew up in New York city. I was very fortunate to travel the globe with my family all over. And I, I just, I think I picked up along the way that like my body type was not the body that was addressed. Really. It was right. You know, especially in the 90s when, you know, that sort of heroin chic, androgynous slip dress, Kate Moss was like the girl that everyone, I was like, I look like Dolly Parton or someone (laughs) else. (laughs) Not that. Like, why couldn't I grow up in the 50s? That seemed like that would have worked. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So my mom had a similar body type to me. She was amazing in helping me find things that worked and made me feel good. And I, I was never one of those. There's a lot of girls like me who wore big sweatshirts, hid their body. Just I, that was not me. I was super comfortable and confident in who I was. And I give my parents a ton of credit for telling awesome. me like how healthy and beautiful like my body was and that my, you know, I, I just learned to own it and deal with, you know, people's reaction to me or whatever, but I did still feel really neglected when I'd go to stores and like nothing looked appropriate, either too sexy or just didn't fit or fit in the top, it was giant in the bottom. Right. And I, so I really always felt ignored by the fashion industry. And there was like the snobby elitism that, and I was like, you know, it was like that, not like pretty woman, but like, I was like, I have some money to spend, but they're so close. You know. <laughs> made like, a big mistake. A huge. <laughs> if, yeah. I was like, I could shop here, but you won't address me. And like the bathing suits were like the grandma ones with the big skirt. Like those were the only ones oh, that fit me. And so my mom found this place in Long Island that they made me custom bathing suits. And by the way, they were not like great quality. And right? I had to choose from the fat, but I, like, at least it was something. So anyway, when I was in college, I was trying to figure out like everyone else, like, what am I going to do with my life? Right. And I thought like a lot of New York city kids that I would go into like in- investment, analyze, you know, one of the analyst programs that sounded horrible, but like, okay, that's what people do. And I'll do that for a few years or sound horrible to me. I'm sure right. there's some people who think it's awesome. <laughs> um, I also was like art history, history major, and I was really interested in that. I thought maybe I'll work in like an auction house. That could be really cool to, you know, be around like these special paintings. And And this was in the 90s when there weren't like boutiques like this. And there were these young girls that would come into the store and show the owner their ideas and she would buy them. And it was like, I don't know if you remember the line, hard candy. Yes, I do. But like, she came into the store with like these little bottles, four little bottles, like, and then she had to put a little ring on them. And she like had a sticker on the bottom that she hand wrote and she had four colors and the woman bought them and we started selling them. And there was a line called cherry pie, this like cute underwear line. And they were like such bad quality, but like different. And I was like, oh, you could do that. Like you could like have a concept and sell something and then you don't need a billion dollars behind you and you don't need like, you know, if you... So I I think the seed, I know the seed was planted there and I came back to New York and I just remember one day just getting this feeling in my stomach, like I need to do this. And it was create a line of, at the time it was lingerie. It was create a line of lingerie that's beautiful and inclusive and youthful that just wasn't out there at all. And as I started researching and I realized lingerie was sort of a different different market than I was going to be interested in, in the way that it worked, in the way that the the seasons cycled. But I I interned in this lingerie factory because I was I, my parents were like, no, you're not <laughs> you're not starting a line. Right. You're 21. Uh, my dad's favorite line is, you don't even know what you don't know. <laughs> and his business, he had a computer software business, but they did a lot of this EDI work. They did work for a lot of department stores and clothing companies, some of the biggest brands. And they're like, they're horrible businesses, Shashana. <laughs> they wow. make no money. <laughs> the production's a nightmare. And he had friends in the garment business too. And he's like, you're dealing with people in the mafia. You're dealing with oh my gosh. shipping and over, you know, there's so many steps and it's a disaster and dealing with the department stores is awful because they're like the mafia, which is true. And, <laughs> and he's like, don't do don't it, do don't it. do it and do not do it and don't do it. And no. And so <laughs> I was like, okay, but obviously I'm going to do it, So <laughs> I keep saying, no, I'm going to do it. For I'm sure. going to definitely for want to do it. Which, you know, is great. Like if someone says no to you a thousand times and you you see like no blocker whatsoever, then probably it's going to work out. Yeah. So yeah. I did do research. I did talk to anyone and everyone that I knew. So my parents had people in the fashion business, friends in the fashion business. I talked to all of them. I, you know, my mom's friends took me out to lunch Who were like buyers or manufacturers. And I, they, I would just pick their brains. I would like That would lead to one conversation to another. So I got this internship in this low-end lingerie factory, but I learned so much there. How to get fabric, how samples were made. I didn't know any... My dad was right. You didn't even know what you didn't know. (laughs) I started out, I made a couple samples while I was there, which was very lucky. And I ended up finding a showroom who liked my concepts and it ended up transforming into a clothing line, into a dress line. Like it it took like about a year and a half. And I found the showroom who liked the idea. And so what the idea really was, was to create a line of clothing and the zero through 12 range that was more inclusive of more body types. You could wear a bra. They were adjustable. They had built in, you know, boning or corseting or adjustability. And that was not available. And I knew that because yeah. I was the customer and I traveled, like I said, with my family. I never found it anywhere else. I even remember like being on the beach in the South of France. And there were, I did find like a top that fit me, but the bottom, would not have, it was (laughs) corresponded to the top. And that was, so I secretly like switched them in the little bathroom. (laughs) I was like, okay, here you go. Handed the woman. Don't look at it. And so and you don't even you need know, a
0: top in the South of France, really. Well,
1: I do. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care. Even like even at 12, I was 13. I was, I was shy in that way. But also, it would have been too much for everyone, <laughs> myself included. So, yeah, that was, it, it was just like, and I remember thinking at the time, so I'm 21. If this doesn't work out. I'll be 22. Right. But I also remember thinking like, I have to try this. There was no not doing it. And I think when you have that feeling, that desire, that like it was, I always say it was in my gut. Yeah, And I knew that I wasn't the only customer out there who was frustrated. And, and I have to say that's one of the greatest joys still to this day is when someone comes up to me and they're like, your brand's the only brand I can wear. That's and it's still kind of a thing, you know, I, I'm, we launched swimwear two years after that. And I still had like maybe that imposter feeling of like, oh, you know, is my mom running around buying all these dresses? Like who's <laughs> buying them? Like, is it really people are, cause I remember the first day the dresses were on the floor in Bloomingdale's and I was like, oh, people actually have to buy them now. Oh like I got to this point, but I remember when we launched swim and it was the tops and bottoms were sold as separates and no one had done that. And the department stores really like gave me a hard time. And I said, you know, you don't sell lingerie as sets. Like, right? why do you sell? Yeah. Why would you assume as someone sets? was the same size yes. on the top and the bottom? I said, I'll take every piece back if it doesn't work out. And they're like, okay, yeah, you will. <laughs> so not only did it work out, but it worked out like tenfold. And now almost every bikini brand sells that way. And I know because at the time, not only did Saks and Bloomingdale's and I don't think we sold Neiman's back then, say no, but they were like, nobody does that. And I was like, exactly. So that's when I was like, okay, I think I'm on to something.
0: Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about? You insane Hollywood ass.
1: It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, (laughs) H-E-L-P.
0: How much confidence, though, must you have had being in your early 20s? I mean, I was like... I I wasn't a mess in my early twenties, but I think standing up in front of a room full of buyers and trying to convince them to buy something that nobody else was selling, I would have found that terrifying. I mean, were you just like, you just knew it was right. And you were just like, yes, this is, I'm going to do this and I'm going to go for it. Like.
1: I know know. that I never felt terrified with buyers. I, I will tell you, and I don't know if other people feel this way, or I have no idea who that girl is. Like when I'm like, How on earth, how dare (laughs) I think that I could have, I don't, I don't, I can't relate to that 21 or 22 year old. I remember the feeling in my stomach. I remember the like concept. I was driven. I was like a person on a mission. I was not going to stop till it worked. And there were many bumps along the way. Yeah. Many walls that I hit. I just didn't hit the same wall twice. That was like you have to hit a lot of walls. You have to make a lot of mistakes, and the the more mistakes you make early on, are better because they're small mistakes. When you kind of accidentally succeed without making any mistakes, and you think like maybe you're Icarus, you can like it's fly. Yeah. Mm. So like I was very, although I was very confident, I also was very. Originally, it was just me and only me and my princess phone in my room with Callaway. Yes. I'm like, Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but I had, you know, employees where they had worked in the business and they're like, this is how it's done. And I was like, well, that seems dumb. So let's not okay. do that. Let's not do that. You know, like, <laughs> w- you know, you there's like a thing where you cut on a bell curve, right? So you cut from, let's say, A, B, C, D, double D, triple D, 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 D in the bikini top sizes. Right. So you'd cut the least amount of A's, the most amount of B's and the least amount of the bigger ones. And I was like, well, our customer is not, a B customer. They are, but like, why let's not cut, let's cut across the range. And that we tend to sell out of our biggest sizes first because that girl isn't really addressed by other brands. So, or like just, I never wanted to overcut and sell into it. I wanted to cut what we sold and be done. And then Mm -hmm. the next time have the buyer buy more and want more because as a customer, I always wanted something more if I couldn't get it. -hmm, Right. mm -hmm. So, and I guess I had the luxury at that time of, you know, not needing it to be the biggest brand on the planet immediately. And in fact, I've never wanted that. Yeah. I kind of like being growing organically and never pushing into an area that doesn't feel right because I do think that will, all these little things could hurt the brand. So we're We're like a nice size brand. We're in about 500 stores, but we're still indie in some ways, you know, which is the kind of brand that I'd want to buy. And I am always the customer. I want to maintain being the customer. Well, when you found a gap for yourself, there was a gap in the market. So, yeah, uh,
0: you know, I think, so, I mean, how have you doing this? You've been doing the same, but not the same job, I suppose, but the same role for, you know, two decades now. Yeah. How do you keep up the motivation? do you are you constantly changing things or making sure you're doing things different? Are you happy sort of you know, with the kind of seasonal cyclical format? How do you still wake up? I mean, well, do you still yeah. wake up and get excited to do your job? Every I day?
1: weirdly do. I still like it. I have to say, you know, in the beginning, I was everything. I was my own messenger. I was you know my own intern I did so I know every aspect of the job and so that is very obviously I can't cut a pattern I don't sew the dresses right and in the beginning you know I watched everyone who did and it was like very I didn't have full time employees I I you know outsource stuff. Mm-hmm. And so I know what has to be done. And I knew what I liked and I knew what I didn't like yeah. to do. <laughs> to me, the designing part is like candy. It's so much fun. Yeah, The fabrics, the colors, especially with swim, because there's, it's really almost not, I mean, so what <laughs> I don't want to like dumb it down, but it's almost like a coloring book. Like you just have to get to pick and choose, but the say this, the, the God, stage, that really sounds really, so fun. <laughs> it's like the shapes stay generally the same, you know, like people, a bikini is a bikini is a bikini and people want a bikini that fits, you know, you can change the fabric, change the, the details, the beads or whatever. But Mm -hmm. for the most part, it's just like, putting together these little color stories and groups and like, it's too much. We have too many great prints and too many great ideas. And we're like, ah, how do we narrow it down and make it, it's just really fun. It's like yeah. arts and craftsy in a way, you know, if you like that, then, you know, then there's sales, which I used to be a big part of, but I got banned from <laughs> <laughs> in a lot of sales meetings. Cause like like, you know, someone, Neiman Marcus would be like, we don't like, I'm like, really? You don't like that? Why don't you like that? (laughs) What's wrong with it? And then they're like, um, just maybe don't come in. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Oh my gosh. So, (laughs) And they're you know, we show hundreds of dresses and of course they pick like 30 or, and some of the buyers are rougher than others, you know? And so, um, (laughs) <laughs> so I don't, I was much a part of the sales meetings anymore. But I
0: love that. It's like still um, personal
1: after all this time. You oh, still I really take it feel, so personally <laughs> and I shouldn't, you know, it's so silly, but a lot of it is fun. And honestly, I love working with my team.
0: Okay. So, so this is like my total selfish injection of a question because <laughs> coming out of like hibernation slash lockdown, yes. I was, uh, I had a 40th birthday party a few weeks ago trying to Happy find birthday. a party Thank you. (laughs) Trying to find a party dress was like, I just, I like didn't even know where to start anymore. It's like I had forgotten how to put on real clothes. But I think a lot of people who are maybe not even hosting their 40th birthday, but just kind of like coming out of this extended period where we haven't been going to the office and we haven't had a lot of reason to kind of get up and get dressed. There's now this like, oh crap, like what do I do now? So what advice would you have for a woman kind of looking for a style refresh? Like where, where does this hypothetical person slash me even start?
1: (laughs) (laughs) You know, I think for me, and I might just be a creature of habit because my body is very specific. I know what works on it and what doesn't. Like I'm not, I don't have a trendy body. Trends don't work on me. I sort of stick to fit and flare shape. I don't like anything too tight around my tush. I never have, you know, I like short, I like long, but I like fit it in the top because I feel not, once things blue, sunny, it makes me feel like bigger. So I like to like fit it in the waist and then loosen the hip. I think you have to go like, what do you, what makes you feel the best? Like what dress have you worn? You go to that sort of that shape. One Place that I love to look is Rent the Runway. Do you ever mm-hmm. use Rent the Runway? We don't have that it? here in oh. the UK, but
0: I have okay. looked at it enviously for like any time so, I've ever been in the US. Rent
1: the US. Runway is, even if you just look at it, it's like a great resource for understanding different body types. Like they break it down through bodies and they have all of these amazing reviews so women like real women size zero through, I think they go, I'm not, I'm not hundred. I know they go up to 16, maybe bigger. And so you can sort of see like, oh, this brand is working well for this or this or whatever it is. That's like a great resource. Or I think even just going on some of the websites and typing in, like I like shop style or, you know, going on, even if you're not going to buy from there, going on to some of the websites and typing in the shape of the dress that right. works best for you or skirt or jeans or, you know, like I, I'm a huge denim wear, and I love denim, like dress up denim with like really cute blazers. Yeah, I have a hard time with blazers because I'm a big bust. So that's not like always an option, but I love like fitted turtleneck sweaters with crystals on them. I mean, I think it depends on the season, it depends on you know what what event you're going to but and it is, I, th- but actually like this advice of
0: just staying true to what you like and feel confident in and look on yeah. you. Because there was a whole like WhatsApp group with my college roommates where they were like, guys, do you know that skinny jeans are what moms wear now? And so we're not oh supposed God. to be wearing skinny jeans. I'm like, yeah. what?
1: I've only been wearing skinny yeah. jeans for like yeah. the past 10 years. I don't know how to not wear skinny jeans. I'm wearing them right now. They're not going anywhere. They, the you heard it here first.
0: Yeah. Well, Shoshana is an expert and we are listening to her and I'm going to keep my skinny jeans, everybody. So. Yeah.
1: Keep your skinny jeans. <laughs> And here's another thing I'll say that the fashion industry does not want me to say. Trends are a fa- are fake. They put you in skinny jeans so that you buy 600 pairs of skinny jeans. And then they tell you they are out because they want you to buy 600 pairs of another kind of jean. <gasps> and so you do not listen to that. You listen to like the skinny jean might not be your friend not you specifically but someone else maybe the wide leg jean then you buy 500 pairs of that jean and you stick with that yep you find what works for you you find don't ever put on like what's sort of feels good cuz it's what's happening now always wear your number 1 best shape, best style, whatever works best for you because you are going to walk into the room. No one's going to be like, oh my gosh, she' wearing skinny jeans. So they're going to be like, look at her. She's Look at glowing. her. She's
0: rocking it. Okay. She's celebrating herself. Well, so there you go. thank goodness. <laughs> that I'm is. very glad.
1: The, the fashion industry, like quote unquote, the magazines and the, the sales, that's all fake. None of that is real. And you have to go through it. And that's what I do. I look through a magazine, I'm like, hate it, hate it, hate it. Oh, that might work for me. But like ninety nine percent of it isn't going to work for anyone. But they want you to think it will, so yeah. that you spend. So I buy more, more money. Okay. Yes. Oh, thank God, the skinny jeans are staying. Except for my stuff. Except my yeah. stuff, you need to keep up. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh my god. Well, that's
1: what we do. We do timeless pieces that yeah. should be worn forever. That should never
0: be out of style. And just really flattering, flattering fits. So I'm obviously going on a shopping spree next time I'm in the US. <laughs> what do you think is the biggest misconception about your job? What's something people assume that they get wrong about doing what you do?
1: Well, there's like zero glamour in it. I mean, I imagine, you know, like I remember I always had like an image. Of, <laughs> I don't know if you ever saw the great Muppet caper yes, with I Lady did. Holiday. And <laughs> And the woman, and they're all like, and there are designers who do do that, but most of them are about to go out of business. But like, I go into the office, it's dirty, there's fabric everywhere, (laughs) there's no throw, I never get to throw ink on any of my models or, you know, like Lady Holiday did. I know. So it's, it's a like grungier environment, you know, there's, we're all kind of on the floor and, playing around. It's more like an art studio than, yeah. um, you know, we do have like one spot that looks nice where we show buyers mm-hmm. and, uh, <laughs> and we all dress up like three times a year for when the buyers come in. But otherwise, you know, we're pretty chill and we're having fun, hopefully having fun when, when things are not stuck in customs or, uh, fabric doesn't come in like upside down backwards and, right. you know, all there's a billion things, but I, I don't think it's as glamorous as it. sort of may seem, or as I thought it was going to be when I saw Lady Holiday and (laughs) Miss Oh my God.
0: Shauna, this has been such an amazing conversation. I like to finish up always by asking what advice you would give to people of any age, 20s, 40s, 80s, who are interested in getting into fashion. What do you think they should do? What's your advice for them? I
1: mean, I think you have to figure out what area it is. Like if you enjoy fashion, maybe you don't want to... Create clothes, but you want to curate clothes. That's more of like an editor editorial thing. So I think you pinpoint what it is that you think you're interested in. And then like we were talking, it's interning, getting your foot in the door somewhere. Yeah. And that is, I mean, it's just showing up, you know, there's so few people realize that doing a good job following through and showing up is all like I'm looking for. And that's pretty rare. To find, uh, it, shockingly, and yeah. more and more so. So, I think you know, hard work, being kind of earnest, and figuring out like your like area of not even expertise but interest, because anyone can kind of become an expert if you love it. That's, yeah. I mean, I had no no back less than no background <laughs> in fashion, and like I tricked everyone. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Wow. And they're still happily being fooled today. Yes. So, oh, Shoshana, thank you so much. Where can people learn more about you or find your work online?
1: Well, we're our two biggest in the U.S. is Saks Fifth Avenue and Neiman Marcus, Bergdorf Goodman. We sell to boutiques all over the country. But if you go to Shoshana.com, you can see all the places we sell to and fun little stories we do. And obviously you can follow us on shop Shoshana on Instagram or Shoshana Groose, which is my personal, which is a mixture of my silly kids and and me just living life in New York. And yeah, it's, it's maybe
0: just maybe you'll see Shoshana in, in a Fonzie
1: outfit suit on her Instagram. I mean, Who from knows? your lips, from your lips. <laughs> oh, there's some pictures of me in high school that look a little fondly. Yes. Like I'll send them to you later. Oh my God. Yes.
0: All right. Shoshana, <laughs> thank you so much. Have a great rest of your day. Thank you. That was so much fun. Thank you so much for listening to Quit Your Day Job. We are a Zcast production and want to send huge thanks to the whole Zibby Books team for their support find me on Instagram at Alicia F. Miranda. I would love to hear what you thought about the episode, future jobs you want me to profile, or the burning questions you think I should ask my upcoming guests. And if you decide to quit your day job, let me know.